This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. We're talking to Danielle Bernstein. She's a flash and blogger. She's 26 years old, Mm -hmm. and she has close to 2 million followers on all sorts of different social media outlooks. And she's telling us about how she started, just, you know, like you and me, I guess. She could have been just a normal person. But somewhere along the line, she turned the camera on herself and became a social media influencer. Right. And brands came to her, and now we're, the camera's focused on you, and you started thinking of it as almost your own re- reality yep. TV mm-hmm. show, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of how you yeah. how you tell the story. But the other interesting aspect is that, you know, Danielle's super successful. This is nine years in the making, though, right, Danielle? I mean, it's not like, you yeah. know, you, worked, you were grinding on this thing and, like, working this thing. I mean, people think that, oh, you know, I'll just post some stuff, and people think it's cool, and then, you know, I'll have a, a million followers. I mean, there was, a, there was a process that you went through in this, right? Yeah, you know, my following is really the product of organic growth over those years. People always ask, you know, what's the secret sauce? When was your big break? And, you know, there's been sort of things along the way that have definitely helped push my following. Um, I remember, I guess it was four years ago now, um, Harper's Bazaar, we did an interview together and they said, how do bloggers make money on Instagram? And I was one of the first people to openly talk numbers with someone on Mm -hmm. what kind of money bloggers make on Instagram and how it all works. Mm -hmm. And I was at like 800,000 followers at that point, And then overnight I went to a million followers. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it got picked up by every publication. People were just shocked that I was talking about this. Interesting. And I was like, you know what? There is no reason to bullshit the public. Like right. this is, you know, if anything, mm-hmm. let them use this and make an example out of it. Interesting. This is to your point about authenticity, Danielle, when you were saying exactly. that your audience understands that you keep it real. And so you're not doing anything that you wouldn't suggest them that they'd be doing. And you're totally upfront and transparent about everything that you're doing. And that really helps your brand. And, and, exactly. and so one of the things in this, re- I like this idea of this reality TV show. So you're a fashion blogger and you you've to talk about style and things like that, but it also suggests maybe you talk about your relationship with your mother or you just had a fight with your father or something that also keeps it real because it gives you multi-dimensionality. Oh, do you do totally. things like I that? Mean, my, my blog has become so much more of a lifestyle platform mm-hmm. where I talk about my travel and things I'm eating and my relationships and health and wellness and my fitness has become a huge focus. And so really people are now sort of invested in my life and, you know, they want to no, you know, what are your, what am I eating for breakfast to what hotel mm. am I staying at when I go to Paris? Do you um, ever feel these, bad about all this, like, transparency in your life? Do you ever sometimes... You know, I've done, I, I think that I've done a good job at keeping certain parts of my life private, mm. um, when it, whether it comes to my relationship or my family, but I, I share enough where people still feel like they're invested in my life. In, any close calls with followers, like when you were in public um, sort of venues oh, or yeah. you're... Is that right? Is that you have to kind I, of... I mean, I, yeah, I'll get noticed on the street a lot, but especially when I'm traveling, I've learned to tag my location after I leave the place. Because oh. I remember I was in Istanbul, Turkey, and I was at a hotel, and um, I tagged the hotel that I was at, and I walked outside, or I had all these people commenting, we're waiting outside for you, and walked outside to, like, 50 people waiting, and wow. it was a little overwhelming, and I don't, didn't feel very safe, but... I've learned how to navigate through that and wow. share without oversharing at the right time. Well, that's interesting. So, okay, so we're still on your career. So we started as a journalist, just we turned the camera, yeah. you went into a reality mm-hmm. TV show, you started doing the, you had a partner or an agent that helped you make these connections with brands back and forth. And now from what I understand, you've leveraged all of this and you design your own product. I do. I have, oh. so I have a line of overalls and jumpsuits called SSO by Danielle. 
Um, when I started my blog, my tagline was overalls are my second skin. <laughs> and so it only felt natural to create a brand for something that I was known for, which was wearing overalls and jumpsuits. And it's something I saw a space in the market that didn't exist. And it's a niche product. And there is no brand out there that just makes this product. And so I started that about a year, two years ago. Um, and it's been very successful, thankfully. And then I also have a dating suit collaboration that I just signed on to do two more collections with. Oh, nice. I did a jewelry line. And I oh, my God. That's box. amazing. How old did you say you were I know. She's, a, she's 26. Whoa. I'm 48. I, cl- I cleaned my bathroom this morning. <laughs> I'm, I feel pretty productive and successful, Barbara. Wow. She's in Istanbul uh, designing jewelry. I can't believe and, uh, you. When it, did you know you had all these talents when you started? I think that a lot of, I mean, a lot of it was, it developed over the years. And with me growing up, I think, had a big part part in that. So that's an interesting thing. I mean, now that you are who you are and you're doing all these things, you must do have a lot of interesting relationships and mentors that have helped you learn and develop these kinds of things. Can you talk a little bit about that? Without naming names, I have some pretty big power players in my back pocket to dial when I need to. And, hmm. you know, people that have really mentored and helped me through my business decisions throughout the years. And they reached out to you. You reached out to them. How do you find a mentor just, in this business? We just sort of met. I mean, I owe a lot of my success to being a fearless networker. And I would say networking is the most important thing to being successful in my industry. Mm-hmm. And so from a very early stage, I say the only person I probably wouldn't have said hi to in an elevator is Anna Winter, but everyone else was... <laughs> Everyone else is totally like I was. I was saying hi. I was giving out my information. I was asking for emails, and I was following up. So wow, that's I really fantastic! Worked on creating those relationships from since I was eighteen. Yeah, so the being lucky is a function of actually being work, working, working hard. hard. Yeah, grinding. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Have you met exactly. Anna Winter yet? Yeah, I've, I've been in the room with her a bunch. Nice. Oh, Interesting. So is she going to retire? There's all the speculation. <laughs> I, I think so soon. Yeah, well, that'd be pretty interesting. So what about that notion of traditional traditional fashion scene and the new scene? You know, like Anna Winter, she's old school, really. Um, and you're talking about a lot of new school. What? How have you divided up all of that kind of stuff? Um, in what sense? Well, I mean, how much of you are on like... Uh, you know, do you relate to these new me- to these old media magazines? Or I mean, they're not magazines anymore. I guess everything's on Instagram. But do you do you go do you connect with any of that stuff on your blog? Or yeah, I mean, I'll still do a lot of traditional. Um, I'll do editorial shoots, and I'll still work with magazines. Um, I'll do things like I'll take over for their Instagram channels, or I'll I'll go to their events. Um, but I think that magazines more and more in these traditional media, they're getting on board with bloggers. So they're having us come in and write articles for them or, you know, take over certain aspects of their business. And, and as, you know, as time goes on, you'll just see them getting on board with influencers. It's really the only way to say it. One of the things, I mean, I actually blog right now. I started blogging for Forbes.com. And what Forbes has is like the special channel of contributors where if you write enough, I guess you get paid. But a lot of them do it for not being paid. And it's just this whole network of people who are blogging. They're not professional journalists. They have their own journalists and their own Mm -hmm. editorial. But then they have this channel of bloggers, which I suppose if you get big enough and good enough, well, you'll become an influencer. Is that somewhat what you're talking about there or is it different? Um, Yes. I actually know a few people that do that. I mean, but something with Forbes, I was on Forbes 30 under 30 before I turned 25, and that was a personal goal mm-hmm. of mine. Now I want to be on the cover like Kylie Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Let um, me ask, yeah, let me ask you this, Danielle. So, 
in what sense is you know because I, I would imagine that there's there's a certain kind of pressure to this because you know you always have to kind of be doing working on the next thing. How do you approach yeah. that? How do you manage that? Right? Can you take a vacation? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, learning when to turn it off is very important. I think that you know I almost feel guilty if I go a day without posting, but I have mm. to realize that, and my followers have to almost appreciate that I'm human too, and. Um, you know, I just went through a breakup recently and I turned my phone off for a whole weekend and people were very, very understanding of that. And it was actually beautiful to see that they were okay with me taking a break and I felt really guilty about it. But then I saw how supportive they were and I was like, you know what, it's okay to like turn it off for a little. I could imagine actually you're talking about a breakup. It might be hard on other people in your life who aren't as public as you are. Mm. Is that an issue? Yes. Well, talking about it with respect to the other people is really important as well. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. So um, what do you see in your future? Okay, you design jewelry. You have a line. What what are the next steps for What haven't you done and what's next? I mean, I think growing my brands and design collaborations will continue to remain a priority for me as well as creating new brands in the future. But, you know, I'll also continue to invest and take equity roles in certain tech companies and startups that I really believe in. Oh, wow. I've always had a more business, but I've always say that I'm way more business than I am creative. Mm. Um, obviously, what I do is is very creative, but I'd like to invest and, and be involved with startups and tech companies and create them. Wow, that's fantastic. That's Good excellent. news for the community. Yeah. Um, and you have all this experience. I mean, you'll start being the mentor to them, I suppose. Hopefully. Yeah, that, it sounds really great. Um, so do you have any um, advice? We just have a couple minutes left, but do you have any advice for these uh, parting words for these people <laughs> who are listening and, and want to follow in your footsteps? I mean, a lot of people, I think, are scared to, to start because they think it's such an oversaturated industry, which it is. Mm-hmm. But you really have to find a niche. You have to find something that doesn't exist and do it. And that's really, I think, the only way that you'll be successful now because of how saturated it is. But, I mean... Going back to being a fearless networker, that is my one piece of advice that I will always give because it is so, so important. Fearless networking and find your own niche. You you can't just come in mainstreaming anymore. You really have to find a niche because it's so crowded. Exactly. Wow, pretty good advice. Well, Danielle Bernstein, congratulations on an incredible career, and I hope you reach Thank 30 you. one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. This is really fun. Excellent. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us, and I hope you'll come back again and tell us about your next success. And if you're interested in keeping up with what's happening with Danielle, head to wewarewhat.com or keep up with her on Instagram at wewarewhat. For more insight from Business Radio, Please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.